got the shark el, el squire you got the learned man a doc Woolridge. we're all here we're back <laughs> sorry <laughs> we're all sleepy this day well recording on doctor the uh whatever it's a sleepy day the day we're recording this sorry we didn't put a new one out last week uh we had a lot going on everybody did and uh that's okay. Don't we deserve a break too? Huh? Huh? Come on. Get no, away. No, those, uh, those guys don't deserve a break. I just joined the uh, podcast union, eh, fellas, and it gives us one week, two Great. weeks a year. What do you want? 15 bucks an hour now? <laughs> you got you to gotta pony up now on a course the dues. You guys are screwing due. up a podcast and think they're, they're entitled to 15 bucks an hour. Can't even get get no pickles right on my podcast and they want $15. This is outrageous. Outrageous. You know what nobody Speaking ever talks about, about in that debate? You know, the guy who the guy who owns the place could just make a little less money and it'd be okay. Yeah. That's all it would take. That's all it takes. That is all it would take. Mm. Speaking of all it would take, we're here. We're back. We got lots to talk about. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some stuff that you guys are fond of and uh, a little to do with something I'm writing. But I wanted to get a hair of uh, a hair of news out of the way. Uh, have you seen the damage control <laughs> that DC is doing with Mr. James Gunn? And, uh, and the fact that he's in charge of DC now, and he's putting out all these videos telling you what's coming down the pipe. <laughs> Jeff, I know you hate DC to begin with. You've never I do. Been entertained I do. I'm hoping this you will be their demise. You should watch the new Suicide Squad. You should no, watch the new Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad is so good, Shark. It really well, is. You would like it. My only, my like only it. question, I, I, it's not the content. It's that I cannot mm-hmm. see what's happening on the screen because they make everything so damn dark. It's like video games. Right? Oh no! Uh, it's no, like yeah, I agree with video games. Do this all one right, doesn't do that can, at all. If I can see what's happening, uh, I'm here for it. Dude, most now, of the, the movie very takes beginning. Place uh, island. Yeah, there's a night scene yeah. in the beginning. I was gonna say the very the beginning is, is the night scene, but the rest is. Yeah. Well, no, in you DC yeah. though, they put you on a tropical island and it'd be night the whole time, or it'd be like you know the <laughs> the darkest part of the jungle on this tropical island, so Bradley can't see what's happening on the screen. You know, I mean, well, I would tell you the first like five minutes is that. After that though, like Rob said, it's daylight, uh, middle of the day, guys, people walking around <laughs> in costumes, uh, f- uh, fighting each other, that, and some prison scenes, and. Uh, I am excited about one thing. I don't know any details. I do love Alan Moore's uh, Swamp Thing, and I've seen that Swamp Thing is on the their roster of films that are going to come out. Which one uh, uh, is it? Hateful Eight. That's that's Swamp Thing. <laughs> Swamp Thing. Yeah. No. 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 no, no Seriously. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's. I mean, it's like you know, metaphorically, it's. It's it's some other movie, you know what I mean? It, it's not. I mean, it's not oh, ripping something off, it's, but it's. I don't it, think it's hateful. Eight uh, Swamp Thing is is uh, you know. Or the thing maybe versus man. The thing, the thing. It is the thing. Yeah, That's the what thing. it is. I knew it was. Yeah, Definitely. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, the thing is a bunch of guys trapped in a in a, in a building, and one of them is a. Uh, monster, basically, and none of even the guy that is a monster doesn't know he's a monster. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so a bottle yeah, episode. Swamp Thing. <laughs> Swamp Thing's a great. Yeah, Swamp Thing's a. Well, first of all, there's a movie uh, starring uh, Adrian Barboa with from uh, the oh, 80s, I which I, I was quite one. quite fond of. Horrible movie. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. If you've ever read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, it's a very. Uh, uh, boy, I don't even know how to. It's complex is the first thing I would think of. But it's it's good on a, a different level than most DC uh, properties. I'll be waiting uh, on your yeah. screenplay entitled "The Thing versus the Swamp Thing." 
<laughs> I'll have to wait about 60 more years. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> and you can make it a metaphor for the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of, I don't know what to think of it. There's going to be a new Superman movie. He announced a bunch of stuff. The Lantern Show sounds interesting. That's the one I think gritty, sounds cool. A gritty Lantern Show. It'll be on HBO Max, of course. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, I'll tell you something that's not on HBO Max that uh, I started watching. I'm late to the game. It's the old Bosch. It's, it's either you started Bosch. Yeah, you were, you were talking about that the other day. Bosch is a dad show, if there ever was one. It's right up there with Reacher when it comes to dad shows. Reacher is the ultimate dad show. But uh, uh, Bosch is more like a dad show mixed with The Wire. Ah. A little bit. Uh uh, uh, very uh, inter interworkings of the police, and, uh, etc. Uh, but yes, I'm on the Bosch kick. Check out Bosch, guys, and uh, we can do a little something with it. Cool, 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 cool. Um, <coughs> you guys will be proud to know uh, the coop started last night on what we do in the shadows. He cackled all the way Yay! through the pilot, and he's like, "Oh yeah, 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 I'm, 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 I'm here for this. I'm in." Awesome. That's great. I, uh, you know me, I don't like to finish stuff, uh, <laughs> shows and what have you. Um, I've, I haven't finished this season because I know, uh, I don't know when the next season's coming out. So I'm literally holding like the last two episodes, I think. I haven't watched the last two. Probably won't uh, until I know when the next one's coming out. Is that I... weird a little bit? No, no, it's not. It's and it, same thing, like like Ozark. I love Ozark. I still haven't watched the last mm. season. Um I don't know mm. why I just can't bring myself. To, I know it's like, maybe so I know it's the There's end. You know what I mean? It's like I, I don't know. I don't know why. I just I can't bring myself to do it. I'm still that way. I still haven't finished that last Indiana Jones. Don't spoil it for me. I hope <laughs> it's good. <laughs> <laughs> this belongs in a museum. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I hope he finds that crystal skull, <laughs> and it's not anything supernatural or uh, crazy. <laughs> museum. That's all I could hope for, really. And if that doesn't happen, you're going to ruin my childhood. Did I tell you guys uh, that I've been watching? I've went against all my instincts to be creeped out by zombies, and I've been watching The Last of Us. Oh, really? I, I want to watch it. I have not committed to watching it because I don't like the zombie. I think the zombie medium is played out. I well, guess well you know point, this but... is a little bit different take on it. Sure. Um, and I will tell you this. If for no other reason... This you, one's got the many You've got to watch it because there's episode one, episode two, you know, you're just plodding along. In episode three, they took one line out of the video game and one little piece of a journal in the video game and created a whole episode about a car- Nick Offerman and another man. And the whole episode. Ah, the manly man. And it is, it's like a mini movie that was incredible. I mean, like, incredible. Oh, okay. Like, I can't, like, say enough about what genius they did with this. Um, there, I've seen people all over that are blown away with it. Just absolutely blown away. But, yeah, the, the whole story, if you guys don't know, is that... The show starts in 1961 with two guys debating what the world needs to fear in the future. And one guy says viruses, and another guy says fungi. And they're like, fungi can't harm humans because um, of the temperatures and stuff. And this guy's like, I'm telling you, with the earth heating up, eventually fungi will be able to enter the human body. And if that happens, game over. And what's interesting is, is science is already like publishing articles about how there's fungi that we have never had to worry about infecting the human body, and it's starting to, and it's because of rising temperatures. Oh, yeah. So anyway, right. that's the thing that sets us off. And what I love is a... it takes three days for the world to fall apart. Three days, and the entire world goes from what we're living in this second to absolute bedlam, <laughs> chaos. It's all over, mass destruction. Every three days. So anyway, yeah, I, I have been watching this. I've um, choked down the horror parts a few times that are a bit rough. Right, I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm proud of you for doing that. I got some some recommendations for you. Um, I, uh, I was gonna, have you heard this? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm gonna get it wrong. There is more distance between. Oh, no. A single cell, there's more distance between, <laughs> there's less distance between a single cell and a mushroom than there was between a mushroom and a man. 
In other words, mushrooms are closer to us than we think. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, Isn't that true of a lot of stuff, though? I mean, aren't, aren't like, you know, tomatoes or something, you know, share 98% of the, the Well, mushrooms are, like, DNA really up there. Or whatever, you know? Yes, there are some other things, but they're up there to the, you know, like, where I, it's the time. It's the time difference between the two. Like, we're closer to that than we are whatever it might be. Uh, yeah. But, you know, to, and, and if, what do you say? You know, mushroom's good. You say it's meaty, right? Right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but they also have been hooking up these electrodes to these things. Have you seen this? And they're like, you can stimulate mushrooms and they will talk uh, through their electrodes and sing. Have yeah. you guys seen this? Yeah. 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 Creepy. No, I've seen it. It's really I also didn't realize that underneath the soil all over the world... There's yes. giant like mountains of fungus growing. Oh yeah, that, yes. that are keeping us alive. It's breaking down things, releasing mm-hmm. minerals mm-hmm. we need, oxygen, all this yeah, kind of stuff. I believe like we couldn't live without changed. them, and I didn't know this. I'm, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. I believe the largest uh, what? It's not an animal, but the largest living thing in the world is in Alaska, and it's 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 a fungus that grows under you know like right under the soil. And I forgot how many thousand, like, it, it's insane how many miles it is. It's, 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 it goes over, like, states into Canada. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's a living thing that, like, like you said, affects the soil and um, kind of keeps us going. So, yeah, so what, they got giant mushroom heads chasing people around? <laughs> so, okay, so based on the game, and this is something else I thought Show. was interesting, too. They, the writers literally brought in people who love this game just Took everyday mushrooms. people like us and said what do you think of our clickers that's the that's or runners that's round one when you first get infected and they're like well runners okay. don't behave that way they would do this and they're like fine you're cast we want you to play them and then the next level Whoa. is like clickers and they're like okay clickers don't do that either here's what clickers actually do so they've been literally Getting advice and information from gamers all over the world, and then hiring just people off the street um, that love the game and played it to do this, which I think is amazing. That sounds like some really. That sounds like some really good PR to get some gamers on their side. Yes, yeah, but you know what? It's worked. You know what I mean? Like it's I really because, so. um, like, I'm telling you, I've seen the video game cuts, and then I've seen. Like the yeah. stuff they're doing, show and side it is so on point. It is so <laughs> on point. But yeah, it goes like runners and clickers is where you start actually having the mushroom head, and then there's like one I above knew it. that, and then there's one above that. And so far, all we we've got seen to it, it shark. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that sounds like it. so far. <laughs> that was, but, it was a long payoff, but we it did. Was. It. But you know the it's other long thing road. that I think is interesting is it's already doing the thing which I don't think they've. I don't think they played out. I think it's actually interesting how they've done it. They're showing, you know, that, like, humans have become the most horrible thing on Earth. It's not these uh, mushroom mm. monsters. It's what humans sure. become in the in the wake of it. Um, well, that's so, usually, so I mean, that generally is the best horror. Like, Stephen King, for example, um, his, his things are evil, but, uh, but the people are the, always the more evil. Oh, thing, shit, I got uh, a Stephen the, King question for you. Lay it on me. Oh, sorry. Is it okay if we um, if we uh, move from that? I'm sorry. I didn't want to kill that conversation. No, I don't care. No, okay, go so ahead. I, somehow I've gotten a TikTok loop where I'm getting all kinds of stuff about Stanley Kubrick. Okay. And it's actually fascinating. How much, how much King hates him? Well, there's King, and I didn't realize that um, Nicholson and Shelley Long. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's her name? Duvall. Is that Shelley yeah. Long? Duvall. 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 Yes. They they're they have so much hatred for the movie The Shining because they feel like the whole world has just said Kubrick was the genius and they're like, What about King's material? What about our acting performances? What about the other actors? Like, are you serious? We get nothing. But that's not it. They said that the 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 hotel that let them shoot that asked that they yep. not have a room two seventeen. And because oh. they were scared people would never want to stay there or whatever. Gotcha. And then in the the video went on to say, and they didn't elaborate, the 217 is a major number in Stephen King writing, and it's a super big mm-hmm. number in the Dark Tower stuff. Actually, that's not true. Okay, Nin- that's what the video says. Nin- so I was going to be like, what does well, 217 that, have to that, do with this? 
That video is wrong. Okay. 19 and 20, 19 is the number that comes up in uh, the Dark Tower over Okay. So 217 um, never does. No, it might come up in some other King uh, things. However, uh, he changed the room number. Whatever it is in the in the movie is not what it is in the book. Correct. Uh, that's why people speculate that it has something to do with NASA and the Apollo 11 <laughs> moon landing. Because <laughs> he faked it, of course. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I love Kubrick, but I think he was a bit much. I think taking two weeks to get uh, one shot and eyes wide shut is pretty ridiculous. I bet he got it the first day and was just being an idiot for some reason. And torturing his actors to get a different performance, which, hey, you know what? If actors are good, you can just ask them to do different uh, things, and they'll do it because they're good actors. Right. <laughs> you would hope that that would be the way to do it as opposed to, hey, let me psychologically torment this person for the next three days because I want her to be angry. Or I could just say, hey, be real angry in this day. If you're an actor worth of your salt, I think you could just be angry. You don't have to actually be angry. That's why you're an actor. Otherwise, why aren't you bringing anybody off the street and paying them scratch to do this crap? If that's the way we're going to do it. Anyway, he shot some pretty movies. Some of them are good. Some of them are trash. Um, just like everybody else. All right. Uh, Cheers ended 30 years ago, a couple weeks ago. I'm going to talk about that, but I don't know. If I can get to that. I want to talk about... So I've been um, acquired to write a thing that takes place in the late... The mid to late 90s. I think like, like 97, 98. And uh, I was wanting to talk to you guys about the styles of the 90s. Um, uh, you know, clothes, bands... Uh, trends, games, uh, activities, uh, types of characters that existed uh, in the 90s. So think of it this way. Um, the times period's a little off. I think we're, I'm a little late. But think of it as you're dazed and confused, but taking place in 98, essentially. 98? Um, and 98, 97, doesn't have to be that specific. Somewhere in the mid to late 90s. For me, personally, I would like it to be like 96, 97. Um, uh, anyway, so we're talking about, uh, yeah, other movies that maybe uh, kind of scream that decade. Uh, yeah, clothes, culture. Um, uh, some of the things we talked about off mic was like uh, heroin chic was a thing that I'd forgotten about in which you were supposed to look like you were uh, on heroin but not actually do heroin. You were just supposed to be anorexic. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be anorexic and everyone needed to be really skinny, well, then, especially That mid-90s was uh, that that brief phase where, so like you, remo you moved out of the high-waisted jeans for women, right, in the 80s where the mm -hmm. jeans came up to yeah. your, you know, your neck. Way and, past, yeah. And then there was like that baggy thing, but baggy. You remember the remember the couple of years though where everybody, every gender just wore men's jeans, um, and even women's mm -hmm. jeans all of a sudden were being cut like men's jeans, and that was like well, I was in college, so it was that couple of years that you're talking like ninety five, six, seven, mm -hmm. and it was short lived, mm -hmm. but for some reason that popped out in my head. I okay, don't have any opinion I about it, but I remember it was a thing. I remember the big baggy, uh, lots of baggy pants, yeah. pockets all over the pants, yeah, uh, like bell bottomed out, like Jinko. Yeah, right. and let them, and they should have dragged the ground for months and not be washed and be right, filthy right. at the yeah. bottom. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Some patches, patches maybe, some uh, uh, hemp. Lots of. Oh, I need to write that down. Yeah, hemp was a big thing then. That's right. Yeah, big clothes and hemp. Uh, lots of hemp jewelry. Uh, yeah, what else was there? I'm just trying to picture uh, people in their shoes. Vans, uh, like van shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Oh, I did like some, I did like some. Van Do you shoes. remember the big brands were like No Fear, <laughs> Mossimo? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that that was all big stuff. 
Yep. Yeah, I, for, see, I, for, I don't think about those type of things. I think about music a little bit, which most of the music was starting to turn by, by the late 90s there. It was getting, commercial music was getting weird, real weird, starting to go into those aughts, which are, uh, I, I think, were way worse than the 80s. People like, seem to put hate on the 80s. I love the 80s and compared they, to everything that happened in the 2000s. By then, Pretty I much. was so far down the alt-country rabbit hole that by 98, I mean, you wouldn't have found anything but Robbie Folks and Jayhawks and Sunvolt, you know, in my, yeah. in my list yeah, of yeah. yeah I, Same, yeah. There was I, no I was radio. The radio had been turned that. off at that point, you know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so like, uh, you know, what was like what was people's goals and achievements there you, we talked about like what were outsiders. people's goals in the 90s like it was we done right man. we didn't have yeah. any goals that's right we didn't want there to we no hated goals. we hated the baby boomers although we hadn't said was it, it bec- yet we hated is it them because, we just hadn't said it yet is it because the appeal of being um, an outsider being a rebel uh, being an outsider and not going along with the norm is that why there's just a major rejection of uh, a goal oriented life like well, you know what I told you this the other day in a text I thought that there was this kind of outsider for outsiders stay, sake which was ironic because if everybody's yeah, outsiders oh, yes. nobody's yeah, an outsider yeah. But I'll tell you what I really think it is. The more I get away from it, and remember, you know, I wrote my gener- my dissertation on Gen X. Yeah, so this is, that's why I wanted to talk you to know, you about This it. is kind of in my wheelhouse here. Um, a lot of Just this was really anti- um, Reagan and Reaganomics. So that's much, what I was going to say. The Greed is mean? Good we're, was over. We were yes, rebelling against we're, Wall we're Street and Gordon Gecko and right. Yep. Yeah, and this was like we were starting to see the the writing on the wall. You know that like all this decade of decadence, um, ain't you know nothing but a good time. You know, um, girls, <laughs> girls, girls. Uh, this stuff was like really pretty empty and hollow, and it left us all kind of bereft of anything. You know, um, and so I think yeah. you're seeing that, and we were also starting to see mass gener- uh, mass divorce pile up and families starting to really fall apart. Um, we were starting to see that we were the first generation in United States history that would not make more money than its parents. First time right. in history, we're the ones. Um, and I think all this stuff was starting to take shape. So you have this just kind of like, I don't want to be a part of any of it. You know, and the bad thing was it was like yeah. a massive generation doing it. Well, actually, that's the funny thing. Gen X is one of the smallest generations <laughs> yeah. there yeah. is. Right. Like, we're tiny. We're the bus- We're the baby bust. Hey, don't, don't, you let, think don't it's, spread that around. Don't you think it's got to have something to do, though, with the, with the fact that we were literally, from the time we were born, told that our defining characteristic was apathy. Um, you know, like, you know, the millennials get sick of hearing about avocado toast and whatever. I mean, apathy was the word that was thrown at us from day one. You guys don't care about anything. You're completely apathetic. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never succeed. I don't know what the hell's going to happen to the world because none of you guys have any ambition. And so by the time we were in our early 20s, we're like, okay, yeah, you're right. No, fine. <laughs> I agree. By the way, Joe, no, I agree. I'm with you. Joe, I'm holding a book right now that I used during my dissertation. It's by Marx Oxby, and it's called The 90s, American Popular Culture Through History. And this is where they break okay. down year by year, you know, the big movements, um, what was going on. So they look at food, literature, fashion, um, fads, games, hobbies, architecture, advertising, the world of youth. The whole book is just focused on... You know, what was going to, like, for instance, here's a big one they pull up. The AIDS epidemic shaped us, yeah. right? This kind of fear yeah. of sex and intimacy. Yeah. And you have a generation who's afraid of intimacy. Well, <laughs> they become rather withdrawn from each other, you know, and, and things like that. Yeah. Between AIDS and Lynn Bias dying, we kind of were too scared to have much fun. Yeah. And, the, and I mean... And therefore, Same. we were all doing things we probably shouldn't have. <laughs> because we were like, <laughs> I'll do it anyway. You know, um, yeah, I mean. Well, don't you think the 90s was much more, you know, beer and marijuana as opposed to strippers and cocaine? I agree. I totally agree. Oh, by the way, something else, Joe, I don't know if you'll find this interesting for your thing. Um, well, this is uh-huh. where we start seeing rural America start falling apart in the 90s. 
Oh, I think uh, I think you I think you see that in about eighty one. But, right, but I, it, I'm saying, it depends on it, I mean, and that depends on the measure the, you're talking about. Too. Right. It begins yeah, in the thirties yeah. and things like this, but they say well, by nineteen ninety you have this massive drop in population density. Political clout was affected, I'm quoting now, uh, as were schools and hospitals. Obviously, sure. a school and a hospital in an area where the population was declining would be forced to downscale. And the closing of these institutions ran serious risk of increasing the number of people fleeing the rural region in order to be closer to amenities offered by a city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they say that. You know, yeah, the 80s uh, was that's, also course, a big kick in the you know, teeth com- of rural America. Yeah, <laughs> but of course, one of the character arcs is... You know, you're going through kind of. I want the beginning of this thing to be somewhat cliche because it's a, it's a trick. But uh, but one of the characters, of course, it's if you're in Midwest, they want to get out of the Midwest. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a it's an obvious hurdle to throw at a, a side character, not one of the main characters. Yeah. But if you just want to give a little bit of a life to a side character, it's a very perfect. Like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> hey, you you uh, want to know something? I remember very clearly in my life, Joe. That, that fits what's with that? This. I can remember Koppel and I had been to the Ducoin State Fair. And this was like 95, 90, no, 93, 94. Been to the Ducoin State Fair, got us some, uh, I got a pair of uh, purple granny glasses, and he got a pair of red granny glasses. <laughs> and we're riding around smoking marijuana, and we're leaving, and we're back in Mount Vernon. We're leaving Mount Vernon, we're heading out towards the Woodlawn Waltonville area, that highway. Sun's going down. And we were blasting time and time again by Counting Crows. And you know that line that says, I want to set fire to this city and out into the desert. Yeah, yeah. We're going to ride. That's exactly, I mean, I remember that feeling, like going west and thinking, God, I just want to go to California. I just want to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to the end yeah. of this continent and see what the hell is there. <laughs> but, you know, the rural yeah, thing falling great. apart, you yeah. know, I can't get over, uh, and Joe, you would know this more than me because you were, you were in the Waltonville area much longer than me. But, you know, it's funny, when I first started at Waltonville, the coal mines were doing great. It's almost yeah. every every guy I knew or girl I knew, their mom or dad somehow was connected to the mines. They had good jobs and money was coming into the school. And by the time mm-hmm. I'm graduating, 94, the giant strike, everything's falling apart. I mean, you could just see that area fall apart with the, the mines closing. Oh, sure, man. Sitting sitting at Ren Lake College in 92, 3, and 4, um, at least half of the classes that I would sit in, because they're GE classes, so half yeah, of them yeah. would be guys who this. just got laid off from the mines, yeah. and that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's the recession in '91. Um, right. You know, that, that's that's how you've got a guy from an 87 percent approval rating in, into the 40s. You know, within a matter of months. Um, I mean, the economy absolutely tanked. You know, after the Gulf War there in '91. Yeah. Um, and plus, to your larger point. You know, that whole period of 72 to 80 was the transformation between the New Deal, you know, economic philosophy. I mean, even, you know, everybody was a New Dealer. Nixon was a New Dealer. But all of a sudden you get Rumsfeld and Cheney in there, and and the 70s was this transition period to neoliberalism. So, you know, yeah, Yeah. does does everybody suffer because of that? Yeah, of course. We still are, you know. No, absolutely. So, I mean, I guess Uh, uh, this is just a long way of saying, Joe, I mean... That I think there was this apathy that some of it was, you know, being apathetic for the sake of being apathetic. But I think under any, that's pretty surface analysis by people, you know, to just say we didn't care because we didn't care. We had reason not to care, I think, you know. And and honestly, I think it was a generation of idealists who were having the ideals Uh ripped out from underneath Mm -hmm. them. (laughs) And that was the real, that was the real, you know, bugaboo, so to speak. One of the things you said, uh, you brought up, um, I was like, oh, yeah, that's the one I'm super well aware of because when I start to write, I feel like I'm writing, um, not dazed and confused, but I feel like I'm writing something from the 60s and 70s, and then I realized, oh, that's because the 90s, a lot of the people I knew were obsessed with the sixties. Yeah, well, no, we, we, talked we about pulled that too, on that right? culture the hard. Yeah, were everywhere. Yeah. Yes, everybody wore tie dye shirts. Yeah. Everybody yep. loved Jimi Hendrix. I was wearing and, door yeah, shirts every day because the doors were doors, in fashion yes. to people. Even though I've yep. been listening yeah. to since I was a little boy. And we knew uh, songs by the artists on our shirts. Sorry, I don't yeah. care. Hey guys, Zoomers, I don't care what kind yeah. of shirt you wear. No, I, I just hate people making that t-shirt. Sorry, the bunny ring controversy is killing me, but yeah, yeah, you know, um, 
of course, something well, yeah. to talk about was on the radio still back then, you know? Yeah, yeah. Very true, very true. Well, yeah. but, you know, also yeah. remember, we were all basically watching, you know, we had cable, but cable hadn't become so massive yet, so it was still pretty... It was pretty much a pretty shared basic. culture. You know, we were watching MTV. Yes. Yeah. And we were watching, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Seinfeld and Friends. Seinfeld, Simpsons. Friends. Simpsons. Yeah. Was, you know, that there wasn't was a whole there. lot. No, Saturday Night Live was massive. It was hugely important mm-hmm. to our generation. You know, yeah, we were tuning in we every had, week. We had to some see good what. Saturday Night Lives there for a while. We did. I mean, it was part of that golden yeah. era that starts in the 80s and goes into that 90s period. So I don't know. I think there was a wow. there was a more of a shared culture, you know, because now you you're know, right, Bobby. Maybe it was to, Satan. It was Satan. <laughs> you know, I got kids who will sit and tell me about some band they're listening to in class, and it's some like Swedish death metal band that's created this whole backstory that they've been around since like the '60s, and um, and gathering a cult and all this stuff, and they found it on YouTube. You're like, you know, dude, there's, yeah. and there's Spinal not Tap a lot of kids that. finding that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah that's wild. You know, um, by yeah, the way, in the 90s, yeah, Spinal Tap put out a second album. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Break Like the Wind came out in the 90s. Yeah, that is very true. Oh, I mean, I, dude, yeah, Break Like the think Wind. Of yeah. every, uh, think of every Hendrix and Zeppelin reissue. That came out in the nineties. Oh, like box every sets. Month, oh, box man. sets. There was, yes, box, box sets. sets. There was. Oh, CDs well, we've redone these massive box sets that weren't horribly expensive. No, you're right. I don't know. They were yeah. though. I mean, I paid like a hundred bucks Some for like for like eight Led Zeppelin tapes. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. and, and the only thing that like you couldn't buy was like it had Traveling Riverside Blues or something on it. You know? Yeah. It was, yeah. 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 And the you could buy like the Hendrix outtakes of like, well, this one he plays this blues song for a minute and a half. Yeah. yeah right. And it would, yeah. you know, and they would call it like Hendrix Blues. Oh, and yeah, like oh, shit. four songs remember? would be phenomenal on it, and you never heard them before. Do you guys but, remember yeah, Bootleg go Culture took off? Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Napster. Like bootleg, I had bootlegs of Pearl Jam playing in Tokyo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. CDs from them in Tokyo well, playing the 10 album. You know what I mean? Like it was bizarre. You were starting to get. Well, culture was expanding, <laughs> but you could get your arms around it. It hadn't gotten crazy yeah. yet. Well, yes, that, yeah, everybody yeah. was copying the dead, right? I mean, the dead yes. were still huge yes. then. You know, early 90s especially, the dead yeah. were huge. Like I said, tie-dye, oh, yeah. and dead were, you know, they were notorious for sure. Tape it, put it out, we don't care, you know. Um, and by the way, you do know that the dead, um, this is a big piece of Pearl Jam trivia that I think is all really about how great the dead is. When Pearl Jam was on that massive fight against Ticketmaster, which is resurfaced yeah, again, yeah, yeah, they were uh, having trouble. They had played in yeah, Milwaukee, and my sister and I had seen them in Milwaukee. It was our first Pearl Jam shows. Well, Pearl Jam's trying to get Chicago busted to your, play. Busted your Pearl Jam cherry. <laughs> and they were trying to get there, and they had some kind of huge problems PJC. with moving material or something. And the dead had just played Soldier's Field. And yeah. the dead got a hold of Pearl Jam and said, we'll leave our stage. We'll leave everything for you. We don't need it. We're you know we're off for a little while. You guys just use our stuff and keep doing what you're doing. And so the, the, show, the Soldier's Field yeah. shows only happen... Because, because of the dead. Of the dead. Yes. That's an absolute Jerry fact. Bear. That's an absolute fact. Man, yeah. I saw a recent uh, resurfaced clip of uh, Eddie talking about how he was seated next to Ticketmaster at the table. At the, uh, like, uh, I don't know where he awards. Who's the smartass? <laughs> yes, I believe the Ticketmaster. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, man. Young. Yeah, he was if getting inducted. Ah, oh, that's right. If the Swifties and the man, the Pearl Jam fans ever get together, uh, <laughs> man, the establishment is in serious trouble. Well, and we well, also talked about uh, the 90s was big on uh, the the indie culture thing had some cool stuff. I mean, Kevin Smith comes around from the 90s. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, and, uh, but it was going on in music, too. I'm saying, you know, there was like, it was okay to be indie. Oh, yeah. You know, it was totally yes, it okay. Was. It was great. It was actually The more indie, the better. Yeah. I was going to say, when you had a new a band that nobody else knew, that was the best. Like, oh, oh well, you don't hey, know. Sure. Sure. I got in Whoever. a car one night with Frisch, and he puts on... Um, this band and Beavis and Butthead talked about him for like 30 seconds and Eastwood loved it so much and he went and bought the CD and the name of the band was Whoa, Sugar Tooth 
Oh, Sugar Tooth. And the album yeah, was yeah. great. It was so it was good. a good album. And Joe was the only person I know who had it. Joe, I think it's in my collection now. I think I borrowed it and never gave it back. I literally think I can pull Sugar Tooth out right now. So my fortune. So you know that, my and, and that's a great point, though, because that's right. I think that was part of the appeal of, like, you know, the whole alternative country thing. Everything was either Absolutely. alternative or indie. Absolutely. But there was something cool about, like, having access to this music that, like, you know, like, yeah, there was something satisfying about, like, hey, have you heard of Gillian Welch? Oh, well, you've got to check this out, you know. Shark, um, you've got a story that I don't want to step on. I'm hoping I remind you of it and you'll tell it. Shark had a story. Remember we were all making mixtapes, and then, you know, a few years we'll be making mixed CDs, but for the mixtape uh, era, I remember Shark being at the house and saying there was some kid that he was friends with at Mount Vernon High School that was into the newer music. And he ends up making this mixtape for Shark, and oh, you're talking like, about okay. the, the one with all the punk and everything on yes. it? And, and Jay's addiction? Like, okay, yeah. Let me make one for you that had like right. probably <laughs> what, Zeppelin and Hendrix. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. We were sharing culture in such interesting we were. Yeah, ways. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, yeah, I yeah. remember you saying, like, dude, that was the first time I heard Jane's addiction. It was, and, yeah. And, this this know, dude put like uh, Jane's addiction and the Ramones and uh, all yeah. this cool stuff in my hands that I hadn't been ex- really exposed to. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and you did the same for them. You're like, well, here's all this cool stuff that I've got, and yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and that yeah, was, it was fun. cool about the '90s. Mm. It was. There was some I got to put in here. I know it's stuff. I know it's uh, cliche, but I'm going to put in here Schnotty culture uh, record. Sure. Yeah, I think. Oh that, God, yes. High Fidelity uh, was really uh, on point when that, when Nick Hornby like I, wrote that novel in the 90s in Britain. <laughs> he was really getting into yeah. what record stores were like, yeah. even in the United uh, States. <laughs> I, I'm going to lean into one of the notes I, I got on this thing was uh, be cliche in the first half hour. Uh, be cliche in the type of movie we're making right. um, to, to basically trick people into what it's going right. to be. Uh, but the first like twenty five minutes is basically a yeah a period comedy, uh, but I want it to be comedy from the culture yeah. and the actual time. Uh, no offense to anyone who enjoys anything, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know a lot of those Netflix shows, the people that write the shows have no idea what the actual culture of the time was. They no. speak like it's today. Yep. They use terms from today, and it bugs the crap out of me when they use terms from today's lexicon in 90s and 80s and 70s shows that people right, write. Right. The people you, that are writing it do are you know 25 years old. In the literary world, what Joe? Oh, what do we call it? They're being anachronistic. Uh, anachronistic? I love it. They anachronistic. They're violating right? the time period that they're supposed to be in. It's anachronistic. Well, uh, Netflix are some anachronistic mofos <laughs> because... They need to get with it. Uh, and hey, Netflix, guess what? I can write circles around about half your half your folks. Get me a job. Hey, we'll anyway. have him write. And put him on his lead writer and let us be his flunkies for a little bit of salary. Yes, so yes. I need a writer's it. room. I think no. what you do, man, is you just take the, you take the characters in Mallrats, you take the characters in Clerks, <laughs> and you take the characters in Days Confused, which are basically all the same people, and you mash those together and you get the 90s. Well, one thing, throw in, hear me out, throw in the characters from, oh yes, but throw in the characters from the Breakfast Club from the 80s, from the angry, bitter teenagers that we were and we were becoming because of all this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's in there, and I I have the... uh, Dude, he knew what teenagers were like. He knew what teenagers were like in the 80s. yeah. And he tried to grow with them. He yes. tried to write his movies yep. uh, along with his audience. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, those, I think I'm thinking about all those things, and um, uh, uh, yeah, those are those are. I've lost my train of thought there. I hope so. I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope one of your characters gets somebody no, 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 to stink no, no, no. bomb. Well, I was going to comment on it, but I yeah, I waited too long. Or maybe tries uh, to have sex with somebody in a very uncomfortable place, like the back, <laughs> of, the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> oh no, I know what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> Uh, is yeah, all those characters are kind of not the cliche, but all yeah, I think about all those characters. You guys ever heard of? There's something called like vanilla, vanilla, vanilla frosties, vanilla sickles. The movies, they're Italian yellow fr- frosties. I, I have no idea what you're talking no. about. But no. uh, 
anyway, just jump uh, on the hub here and search that. In. I mean, wait a minute. The wait idea. A minute. Yes, Joe. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Tell me more. The idea, the cliche idea of having a fat guy, a nerd, and a cool guy in a sex comedy oh, all sure, come from sure. these Italian. All come from these Italian movies. Really? And they were called something like a ye- yellow popsicle movies or something like that. And there was a whole slew of them. They just made a bunch of them and they all used the same formula, which was nudity. And then there was a group of guys fat guy, nerd, hot guy. So that's why we <laughs> got like of... screwballs and zap yes. and all the camp, yep. camp counselor movies and. Wow. Yep. That, that, that is. All... Wow. And that's a. It's pretty do interesting. You, do you know one that always jumps out at me? And it's, um, I can't get the name exactly right, but it was where a bunch of people are sent to driving school for being well, horrible drivers. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, and, it's, it's and Dana Carter's Bill Murray is brother, the main right. character. Yeah, and he yeah. does yep. a yeah. rip-off Bill Murray throughout the film. And, and, and kills it. Just, and yes, kills it. Yes, and it was so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> shitty I love movie, that movie. so much Oh, I love that movie. He's driving, and when they, he's doing all this stupid shit, and they cut to him, and he's got his head between the circles the steering wheel, steering wheel that's he's right. blowing a harmonica driving with his hand I'm like oh my god this is genius this is genius we need to rewatch that yeah. I bet that'll be on Amazon driving Prime we put it maybe? out there let me look this it, up I, yes. I really think it was called driving school I think it was I'm almost positive you, um, I, you know it can't hold up but oh my god when I was a kid I thought violations. that was great Moving, moving violations, violations. 1985. 1985. And it, it, it have some weird like thing where they're bouncing around in the space chamber thing that like totally yes. doesn't fit. Like you know yeah. that is that. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that that or yeah, that's in a different. Yeah, they skip and they go to right. something else. Yes, yep. they yes. go to a space camp and they float around. <laughs> it's like their clothes make right. their, their clothes make love, moving, but they're not synced with what's being said. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no wait, have I made this fact part up? I thought their clothes floated up. I think you're right. And then their their clothes started making, making love. love. I think if, that's right. I think that's exactly as right. As if they were mimicking what had to happen. It, what if it's not that, it's in something else that's close to that. It's a parody I, of yeah. it somewhere else, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I think it's about that time, guys. Uh, we have a little bit of time left. How much time do we have here? Eh, about 13, 14 minutes. Uh, I have uh, some more I heard, uh, uh, Rob. I've heard that there's some more Fritzman files. Yeah, uh, for um, those who listen, they were dropped to me right as we were going on the air. That's why at the beginning I was a little quiet. I was like, oh, my God, what is this? And well, I have listened to happened. that entire show with Fritzman Files. Um, I, I have you. I, I have not. I struggled driving home listening to it because <laughs> I was laughing and/or horrified so many times when he uh, when he is. Oh, I'm gonna touch it down there. Ooh, he's like getting sick. I <laughs> have to touch his wife. Um, I, I was, I, you know, I was, uh, and hearing Shark's horror when we have to, Shark had to explain to us that supporting Franco was a bad thing. Bad, bad thing, bad thing. He was not James Franco, he informed me. James Franco, no. no. <laughs> or which, his brother. Which apparently yeah. now, that's a bad thing to support him too, I guess. Correct, correct. We yeah. actually hit that point in history. Yeah. Right so so for, for people who may have missed uh, whenever that show was, last show, I think, yeah. uh, 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 a mystery. My great 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 grandfather, uh, Smithers L. Fritzman, um, <laughs> apparently really likes to keep audio. His name, by the way, <laughs> he, he, did, he likes keeping audio logs, and we found all these audio logs were sent to me. Somebody was doing some research. We knew nothing about him, short of he was like a family hero. It turns out maybe he wasn't that great of a guy, and I probably shouldn't be airing it uh, live like this, but it's kind of interesting. So if you want to QO one of those up, uh, we can see what he's up to lately here. Or <laughs> one of these, we have hundreds okay, of these yeah, audio. So files. I have like I it's uh, like I just had this is the order they came in to me. I don't know if this is a correct okay. order, better. This is the order it came in to me. So let me go ahead and pull up the I first don't think one. Matter. All right, here we go. Are we ready? Sure, let's try this out. Fritzman here. Finally, I am never to return. Finally, no more war crimes, no more tribunals. Finally, my name has been cleared. And so is the problem with my rectum. But that's for another time. Finally, free to show my DSLs in public. Wow. And finally free to pursue my lifelong dream of 
being Bob Hope's sidekick on a GI Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Bob okay. Hope, one of the greatest patriots of all time. He took me under his wing. We traveled across the great countries all over the world providing entertainment. Bob Hope and me, Smithers L. Fritzman, until that one fatal night when Bob Hope raped me. You heard it correct. He raped me good. He saw me sleeping under old glory. Who could blame him? There I was, sexed out underneath the stars and stripes with the moon above. Can you blame Bob Hope for putting his inordinately large beetles inside me? For the size of his body, I mean. Anyway, can you blame him? Some would say yes, you can blame him. <laughs> it's not funny, there's nothing funny about this. Smithy is a man of honor. And I was shamed. Shamed, much like the gods. <laughs> much like the gods. He's laughing so much. <laughs> show me. It's like Kingstown. Listen, I, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but our overseas tour was cut short when a camel spider bit me on my testicles. They swelled up to the size of pumpkins. Bob Hope couldn't have his way with me then. He couldn't blame old glory on his lust. He couldn't blame the stars and stripes on his boner. He couldn't do it at all. He just sat there and frowned because he could no longer rape me. Well, by God, Smith as L. Fritzman's here to say I'm time to stand up for myself. No more, Bob Hope. No more. Except for after this last tour, I need the money. What? Uh, signing off. By the way, tell Dr. Schmizmo, note, one of uh -oh. my testicles has gone down. The other testicle from the camel spider bite, rather swollen, not pumpkin-sized, I would say. Grapefruit? Between a softball and a rutabaga? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, I, 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 God damn it. Schmizmo! Send me some aid! Send me some aid! Bob Hope's gonna give it to me. Give me some blue too. <laughs> Fritz Willis and Fritz Sign off! Okay, so the, the thing that jumps out to me here is that Bob Hope was a racist. Or, excuse me, a rapist. I took a say racist, I don't know about rapist. A rapist. Sounds like definitely. Definitely wow. a rapist. Wow. Wow. Nothing and, funny about it. And and Fritzman is going to go back on tour one last time because he needs the money. Because he needed the money, he said. Like, <laughs> he I, said I no he more. I don't know exactly when that would have been. No, there was when no was, date on here. I mean, Bob Hope was doing those shows for a long time. For, from the 70s all the way up to the 90s, if I recall. It could have been anywhere in there. Uh, yeah, he said he didn't want to be Bob Hope's you-know-what anymore. But he was going to do one more tour because he needed them. Yeah, his Bob Hope's USO tours, let me see here. I mean, they start in like 1944 and go on, go on for quite some time that I can see The here. accusations he hurled against Mr. Hope are pretty outrageous. I, mean, I, thought, I'm not sure. I thought Bob Hope was like a national treasure, you know, like Dolly. Well, I know he, uh, I know he was a fornicator. He liked to cheat on his wife. <laughs> okay. Fornicator. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, if, uh, look up. Uh, not. Not actually. Look up. But if the if the audience wants to look up this clip of him in his last television show where he's playing Jack Frost, <laughs> he is basically dead, and they have wheeled him out on stage. Um, <laughs> I don't even I don't even think he can deliver a line. Wait a minute, is, he, I swear in, to, is he in all white? Yes, and he uh, it's, it's Gilbert used to say he swore it was his wife's punishment to him for all the times he <laughs> was to wheel him out there and make a little extra money off oh, his wow. corpse. Wow! <laughs> so this was like this was exploiting before they went to um, exploiting Dick Clark after he'd had his tragic stroke, and they just yes. kept oh my him gosh. on TV every yep. year to do this uh, New Year's Eve. Wow. I just remembered. Remember uh, years ago we used to have those intros by celebrities, and one of them was by Dick Clark. It, it was Dick Clark. No, it was Casey Kasem. Well, no, 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 it wasn't. It was Casey Kasem. <laughs> Don't remember me for my wife throwing meat. <laughs> we had the cookouts. 
after he died. Let's hear that next one. I fear you have yeah. several of these. When we're, yeah, uh, we're I've got a few have here, a whole so, lot of time. Um, here's the next one that came in. This one will make me proud. It has been a bad week, perhaps even a bad month. I've lost multiple friends over my war crime allegations. I insist they are all but false. None other than the great American patriot, John Wayne, has offered his help in reinstating my good name and also my war crimes. We're trying what? to get rid of those what? damn war crimes and they keep popping back up. Every time I think my war crimes are out, they pull me back in. Hey, he did Al! <laughs> Wait, he did Al Godfather Al got 3 before he Al did. did it. Wow! It's right. Oh, oh, we don't have God. a date on this. I <laughs> hope Al doesn't know that they... <laughs> Al stole from him. Wow, okay, okay. Sorry, I'm mad. Anyway, yeah. John Wayne, he said he's going to help me. John Wayne took me down to his uh, special location in his Montana ranch. Turns out, Mr. American's all-American boy. Know why he's never took his shirt off in a movie? Well, I can give you the scoop on it. He's a Satanist. His whole body is covered in Satan tattoos. He's got the devil back I don't there have trouble and demons him. all over <laughs> and satanic verses. The book hurt. by Salman Rushdie. Yes. Oh, <laughs> he's got every word printed on there back there. He was down in his basement. Fucking and sacrificing goats. I swear to God, I saw the Duke. I saw the Duke fuck a goat. <laughs> oh, it hurt me. It hurt America. And I don't want to tell you, but the Fritzman files are a talk horrible. <laughs> the Fritzman files are no holds barred. We can talk about anything we want right Maybe now. The goat hole was a barred. Now he liked to fornicate with goats, and then he would sacrifice and eat them. Eat them after they were covered in his own bodily fluids. Eat them after he dispensed himself inside of them with his seed. That's the John Wayne I know. By the way, P.S. Oh, Dr. Schmizmo. Oh, no. The feathers have returned from my pee hole, and I don't want to hear that it's about my ungodly lust for poultry. I don't want to hear it, Schmizmo. There's another explanation, and you know it. Schmizmo, you gotta help me. Signing off, Smithers and Fritzman. Wow, John Wayne. John Wayne. He's the just taking it down American shirt. heroes one by one. <laughs> we I noticed last Tom week, though, didn't we? I feel like we did. Yeah, I, I think we like knew I John Wayne was pretty awful before. person. Yeah. I feel like Neil Diamond told us that. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking, yeah, right? I feel like we have visited that territory <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's only for me that just confirms it. We've well, got two sources. I've now. never, I have never doubted the world of Neil Diamond more than the New York Times. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Neil Diamond speaks truth to power. I mean, he is power. But you know what I well, mean. Yes. <laughs> yes. Man, well, how many was that? Two. There's three. two left. That was, oh Jesus, we lost two of them. <laughs> yeah, there's two more of these bad boys. Now I noticed last week. I swear. <laughs> His doctor's name was Schmimzo. This week he's calling him Schmizmo. Yeah. It's Martin Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> kind of strange. Hey, by the way, yeah, we're out of time for the radio show. Thanks for listening. Sorry we had a no show last week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back with podcast. We're still going. Okay. So okay. Are we ready for the next uh, Fritzman all right. file? Oh. Yes, let's do. I feel like I need like the X Files music before we start these. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that was the nineties. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Conspiracy aliens. Mm -hmm. Michelle and I were talking about alien stickers and how like people were obsessed with alien things. You would see alien stuff everywhere. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead. Yeah, aliens were big. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Aliens were big. You see, like, uh, there's like band stuff always had aliens. You know who involved. was one of the most powerful aliens from the 80s? Hmm. 
My name ET? is Tony Montana. I'm a political refugee. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I started watching that the hey. other night. Hey, the first well, song that yeah, plays you told me about it. when they when was walk Elon? Was that the, the 90s? Bar, yeah, Elon's the 90s, I think. That yeah. bar that they hang out at, the disco bar, the first time they walk yeah. in, there's a song playing. I had the subtitles on. And it was like, Yayo is good. Yayo is good. Bring me the Yayo or something. It was horrible, but it was just about doing Yayo. You know, guys, though, life, oh life wasn't as dark as, we're, as we remember it in the 90s because we were living the Vida Loca at the time as well. Oh, man, we were. We were. That's right. I mean, we might not have been. We might have been not have been YOLOing yet, but we we recognize the concept. You know what I mean? Only wanna be with you. (laughs) Hootie was still Hootie back then. Hootie was still Hootie. So, okay, here's the next Fritzman file. Let's do it. Smithers and Fritzman here. I have had a bad month. Sorry. I yeah. met a young lady down here in Argentina. Oh, that makes I sense. I thought maybe this was my fifth chance of love. Turns out it was just my twelfth chance of getting pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> she had a, real, she had a real finish for she had a real finish for farting in my face. She really would like to just fart all over me. That was the thing. Argentinian women turns out they like to fart all over. The stinkier the better. Anyway, I guess it was a baker's dozen, you could call it, with my pink eye. But this time, the pink eye spread, spread down my eye, out my mouth. It was something the old had a pink tongue. I know what you're saying. Your tongue was supposed to be pink. Mine's never been pink. It's always been an odd shade of gray. Anyway, it's all the cabbage and brown. It turned pink. Everything turned pink. My eyes were bloodshot. My penis turned pink. Once again, you're probably thinking, wasn't it sort of a shade of pink to begin with? No. It was ashy, ashy gray, just like my tongue. Nonetheless, she was a fart queen, and I learned to endure it for those few years. Once the war crimes, of course, were no longer all hanging over my head, I could return from Argentina a free man, free to show my DSLs in public, free to have my way with chickens, free to have an unquenchable desire to never, ever please a woman. But you were letting her fart in your that's, face, that's pleasing her. know. That's right, I'm a doctor now. Oh, he's a doctor now. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so suck on that. I'm having a bad week. Schmizmo. Schmizmo, please. Everything's pink. This lady farted me up so bad the pink eyes spread all the way down to my butthole. <laughs> this is oh, pink. When your pink eye hits your brown eye, you're in trouble. <laughs> in spring. Ah, that's good. I am a war hero. Someone help me. What, he's a war hero? I'm stuck in Argentina <laughs> under a large lady farting. Oh, God. Here she goes again. <laughs> oh, no. Somebody help. Smithers, Dr. Smithers, Alfred's <laughs> This dude's scary, man. <laughs> He's a war hero in Argentina after World War II. He was claiming he was a war hero. He was saying Schmismo needs to come save him because he's a war hero. He's got so, pink eyes. So if I'm putting this together right, he fought for the Nazis, supported Adolf Hitler, yeah. and is a That's war right. hero. Right. Also fought for outside of Franco in Spain. But I'm confused because last week, and he did reference this, last week he said he had an unquenchable thirst to never please a woman. To never please a woman. But he was well, he pleasing a woman by letting her fart in but, his face. Yeah. I don't think he realized <laughs> I don't think he understands. <laughs> what's happening to him? No, I, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure he doesn't understand what's happening to him. <laughs> Oh um, man, who's these? 
Who are these recordings for? Is he sending them via mail? I'm wondering, you know, because didn't Jim Jones, like, record all his stuff down in Jonestown? I don't, I don't know. I think we have all these recordings that he saved himself preaching. And I don't know, like, is he trying to build a cult? Is that where this is going? Oh, God. I hope so. I hope you just didn't give him an idea. That's what I was just thinking. Did I just plant the seed that he was going to start a cult? Oh, boy. And, and what if he poisons the cabbage? Does <laughs> everybody eat cabbage? Poisoned. I don't... Oh, oh boy. God. Okay. Well, there's Surely one more not. if you want to finish this out. Let's do it. Let's finish this show in style. <laughs> well, there's one more Fritz. Oh, yeah, style. yeah. Hey, yeah. by the way, I think this is the longest one yet. It's four and a half minutes long. Oh, my <laughs> God. Fritzman <laughs> here. I am in much pain this week. Oh, no, he sounds so I can barely move. Oh, I'm visiting some boys in Brazil, if you get my drift. <laughs> I went for a swim and encountered a beautiful pool of creatures I've never seen the likes of. Piranhas? They look like big, beautiful pink balloons. And everyone knows me, knows I love pink balloons. I love sucking them, and I love twisting them and feeling them in between my fingers and my toes. I like the texture on my tongue. I'm one of those guys. The ashy gray tongue. <laughs> it's not funny, it's just my thing. Anyway, <laughs> pink balloons are everywhere, and I was like, I'm going to get inside of that army of pink balloons. I don't know who left them in the ocean and why they're sinking, but I'm going to find out, by God. I did. They're called jellyfish. That might be the most painful thing that's ever happened to me. Schmizbo, send antibiotics and painkillers to Brazil. Send them to the boys of Brazil to help me. Here we go again, boys of Brazil. The boys of Brazil did try to help me. I came out of the ocean, stung, swollen. They could not tell because I had a recent case of pink eye that lasted about a year. So I was already pink when I went in there. Nonetheless. I came out swollen, swollen. My, I was a balloon myself. I was swollen so big. I was red and, and pink and disgusting, and there was jelly stings all over me, all over my face and my mouth. Of course, I wanted to taste the pink balloons, you see. I like the texture in my mouth. Turns out they will sting you viciously. No matter where they're touching you, your tongue or your face or your penis or your anus or your toes. I was stung everywhere. As a course result, you know the only cure I found out oh, no. firsthand. The only cure for jellyfish stings is human urine. And all the little boys of Brazil ran out to me in the sea. They dragged me into the ocean, out of the ocean, onto the beach. And every boy there began urinating all over me, in my mouth and on my face. It turned into a party, really. They kept singing carnival, carnival, as they would take turns urinating on me. My old body was covered with the urine of all the boys of Brazil. You could say I had a little... Never mind, I'm not going to say that because that might get me, get me in trouble, even though there's no trouble for a man like me. 1960 something? Maybe <laughs> I don't know anymore. you need to make a cure for jellyfish stings, by the way. One did sting me on my privates down there. I've tried to be, nothing has helped. It could be because of the combination of a um, camel spider bite I got years ago. Nonetheless, Shmizmo, the fellas have returned. The fellas have returned in both places. They're not just number one anymore. Now they come out number two as well. Oh, it's a full body release of feathers, Shmizmo. Jesus, Lord, you gotta help me. Sign off. The boy from Brazil. I've had all the pee pee. The pee pee is all over me. I've tasted every boy from Brazil's pee pee by now. 
They continued to be on me long after I got better. <laughs> it just became a thing. Every night they would throw me down on the beach and they would just start going to town on Paul Fritzman. Every single one he held me down and urinated on me. One at a time, as they did Congo lines and dances and the boys wore big feathers. One at a time in Brazil, signing off. Fritzman Files. Smithel Fritzman. Smithel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope your your family is not listening to these because their uh, illusions have to be shattered by this point of the hero that he was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, out, Fritzman's a bit of a wildcat. A wild card. <laughs> is that what it is? I was thinking of another word, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> he kept saying the boys of Brazil. I don't. That means nothing to me. Oh, really? But, uh, Shark, do you want to feel the kinda boys odd. in Brazil for him? <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Oh, no, you know what? Shark don't want to shatter any illusions I have. My great-great-grandfather. No, no, yeah, I think they should all be shattered. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, saying South America was kind of enough. You know what I mean? Like the first, yeah. 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 <laughs> you didn't need to go deeper, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was the, yeah, you kind of got everything you needed to know from that. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back. See you. See you. Idios. Schmidlo. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs>